Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. My name is Em, and I want to talk about books. And cats. book lovers. So I'm going to start this week with the cat stuff first because this past week we have had a new addition to our family and he's pretty much all I've been focused on for the past week. So if you follow Books and Cats on Instagram, you've already seen him. We got a teeny tiny orange kitten who has been dubbed Dozer. (laughs) He is so incredibly small. He's only about five weeks old, and he was found by a friend of a friend of a friend, and we just happened to be lucky enough to get him. And he's a perfect fit for our family. He is completely fearless, and he just strutted out of the cat carrier as soon as he got to our house. He's already won over Ed Weird, which just makes me so happy because Weird has been really sad since we lost Zeus and Mooner, and I think He really needed a friend. And now he plays like a kitten again, and it is so cute. (laughs) And Sasser's is getting there. She was really freaked out initially, which was hilarious. But she's gotten pretty close to him now. He just absolutely loves her, and he started chasing her. She's not a big fan. She still runs from him most of the time, even though he's literally, like, a quarter of her size. (laughs) But... She's not running as far now, so progress. (laughs) So for being so young, Dozer is incredibly active. He's a wild man, (laughs) but also just so sweet. I kind of forgot how kittens will just go, 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 and then in a snap, they are sound asleep for hours. Honestly, his presence has been really healing for all of us. Having new life, new love, new joy in the house, I feel like we all needed it so badly. (laughs) And I'm so thrilled to have him join our family. And stay tuned for some sweet kitten content, because he is a ridiculous boy. (laughs) Okay, so enough about him for now. Let's get into this week's book. So this week I want to talk about You're Invited by Amanda Giatisa. And I'm so sorry if I'm saying your name wrong. I worry every time I have to pronounce a name that I am not sure about. (laughs) Anyway, I got this book as a part of a rather large book of the month order because I couldn't choose just one. I ended up getting three that time. Some may call it a problem. I just think of it as building my own library. (laughs) Actually, I am planning on finding some small free libraries around the area and dropping off some of these books. I have a ton of them and a rather small house, so I kind of have to be realistic about what I can keep. (laughs) Plus, then I have room for new reads. (laughs) Also, if you're in the United States, send me a message and I will send you a book. You can request a certain title if you have a preference, but otherwise, I'll just send you something good. (laughs) 
I wish I could offer this outside the U.S., but funds are tight and shipping prices are insane. (laughs) Anyway, so if you want a book, send me a message if you're in the U.S. Now, let's get back to your invited. I have to admit that while I was drawn into the story pretty quickly, I wasn't entirely sure that I was going to be able to stick with it. The start felt a little heavy-handed and obvious, and I just really hoped that it was going to be a big misdirect. And it was. Oh, man. (laughs) I quickly changed my opinion and was absolutely sucked into the story. This book caused a sleepless night for me, but I just could not put it down. And honestly, it was totally worth it. (laughs) So Amaya is our main character, She is not exactly in the best stage of her life. Um, Things have been going wrong for her for the last five years. She was on track to achieve her dreams, but all at once she gave it all up and things have been kind of falling apart ever since. Amaya is in free fall when she receives an unexpected email from her best friend, an invitation to her over-the-top wedding in Sri Lanka. Now that is enough to send her reeling, but there's more. Amaya's ex-best friend is marrying her ex-boyfriend. They were all friends in college, but that was five years ago, and Amaya hasn't spoken to either of them in that entire time. It doesn't make sense to her, but things could have easily changed in five years. She's also confused because she does obsessively stalk her internet-famous ex-BFF, Kavi, Kavi has blossomed, and she has grown a massive social media following. She has a picture-perfect life in Sri Lanka, and she's building her own charity. Now, Kavi has mentioned Spencer before, but it has always been in connection with the charity, because he also works there. So the engagement and the wedding are completely unexpected, even to all of Kavi's social media followers. And the wedding seems really rushed. It's only three months after the engagement. So something seems off. But Amaya is only certain of one thing, and that is that she has to stop this wedding. She RSVPs, and she flies back home to Sri Lanka and her past. Now, upon arrival, she quickly realizes that despite the email claiming that the entire family forgave her and wanted her there, that is not true. (laughs) Like, at all. And as the elaborate weekend of events begins, Amaya quickly learns that nothing is as it seems, and that there might be quite a few wedding guests with the same intention as her. This story unfolds in just the most delicious way. I loved every moment right up until the very end. Definitely check out You're Invited by Amanda Jayatisa. It is absolutely fabulous. If you go to my website, booksandcatspod.com, and check out this episode, there will be a link to where you can purchase the book. Now, speaking of books, I also need to mention that Storytime with M is going to be on hiatus after next week. Super Jim will be ending with the next episode, and I'm going to take a break to work on some other projects for the podcast and beyond. <laughs> But Storytime will return in the fall with another one of my books called The Last Witch. I wrote this one in 2010, so it's been a while. 
My writing has changed quite a bit, but the story is still good, and I'm excited to share it with you all. It was supposed to be the first in a series, and who knows, maybe it still will be. But anyway, right now I'm working on two books and a short story. I think that's enough writing projects. I only have so much time. (laughs) And I have learned the hard way that I need to prioritize my life. I have learned to always set aside some downtime. It was obviously lacking in my life before, and it is absolutely necessary. (laughs) One thing that I've been watching in my downtime recently is a new-to-me YouTube channel called Well I Never. (laughs) It is a true crime show, but it covers stories from the past in the UK. They're pretty interesting, though they can be a bit intense at times. Those really old stories can be pretty gruesome. But if you like true crime from a long time ago, told to you in a soothing British accent, definitely check it out. Well, I never on YouTube. (laughs) So now it's time for the quote of the week. When I was looking for this week's quote, I happened to find some that I had saved on the computer a while ago, and they were all about personal development. I am always focused on growing, so I knew that I'd find something that resonated this week. And this one majorly did. I also really enjoyed the description that went along with it, so I'm going to share that too. The quote is from Earl Nightingale. We are all self-made, but only the successful will admit it. This quote describes one of the fundamental premises of the personal development movement, that no matter what our circumstances may be, we always have the power to choose our response, and by doing so, shape our future. The difficult thing is seeing that this is so. And honestly, I could not agree more. (laughs) That's the quote and the description, and honestly, I couldn't agree more. Healing involves acknowledging the ways that you are getting in your own way. It's tough, but it is absolutely necessary for growth. So with all that, it is now time for a quick break. And when I come back, I have a new chapter of my weekly writing project, Ocean Eyes. I'll be right back. Welcome back, book lovers. I am so excited to share a new chapter of my weekly writing project, Ocean Eyes. This week is chapter nine. Enjoy. Yada's head was pounding. There was a constant pressure that wrapped around her head and nothing she did helped to ease it. The pain began while she was trapped in the bathroom. It appeared as the man walked down the hall. The pain pulsed with every step and grew as he moved closer. Then a lightning bolt of pain ripped through her, and she screamed. When she woke, he was carrying her slung over his shoulder. The pain ring was fully present. Yada could barely open her eyes. The pain made her vision fuzzy, and it hurt too much to even try to look around. She felt the air change when he stepped into the forest. Her vision darkened even more. Her eyelids were too heavy. Yada was blind. As her sight vanished, her other senses leapt to the forefront. She could smell the forest and the ocean beyond. The sound of the man's soft steps through the carpet of pine needles was thunderous in her ears. She tried to call out to Morena. She willed every bit of her energy she had to reach her friend, but there seemed to be a wall keeping her away from the coast. She couldn't quite reach the cliffside cottage. Exhausted, Yada had allowed sleep to take over, 
and she didn't wake again until the man flung her unceremoniously onto the floor of a cave. Pain jolted her into consciousness, and even without her sight, Yada immediately knew where she was. She had been in this cave before. Now she knew every nook and cranny of her tiny stone prison. The opening was left unblocked, and she could step just outside the mouth of the cave for fresh air and sunshine. But if she took one step too many, a jolt of electricity shot through her. It was a powerful jolt that knocked her unconscious, and Yada had lost any sense of time. She had no idea how long she'd been in the forest. It could have been days or years. Her mind was growing ever more jumbled and confused. Thoughts came and went, memories of faces that she didn't quite recognize. But nothing stayed for long. The man came to the cave at varying intervals. His voice was quiet and low. His words soothed the pain in her mind. Her thoughts were clearer when he spoke, but the pictures flitting through her mind were not her own. His voice conjured images of pain and fire and death and destruction, burning villages, her village, then others. A brutal sacrifice. The dark-haired, wild-eyed woman fought back and almost won, but the others piled upon her, their knives glinting in the firelight. Yada became the woman in that moment. She felt the searing pain of knives slashing all over her body. The terror and the fear, and most of all the sadness of betrayal. That feeling came last, and then she was gone. Unconscious. When she woke, the man was always gone, and she would sit listening to the sounds of the forest and shivering at the phantom memories of pain. Today there was a new sound, a snuffling in the nearby brush, a snort, and the sound of hooves pawing at the earth. Yada froze and listened harder. There were wild boars in this forest that the villagers told of in tales, and the sounds were coming closer. The creature moved in a haphazard manner. It hadn't yet caught her scent. Yada held her breath and moved slowly back as far as she could go into the cave. She heard the sound of whisper-light footsteps moving swiftly through the trees. There was a low whistle, and the creature snuffling outside the cave went silent. The forest was suddenly and completely silent. Yada could hear her heartbeat. It sounded desperately loud in the eerie quiet. Then the sound doubled. A drumbeat matched pace with her racing pulse, and Yada felt woozy. The drum overtook her heart, and the dissonance finished her off. The darkness that she now existed in entirely was spinning. She didn't have time to wonder how that was possible. The drum was speeding along now. The sound vibrated in her bones. She became part of the air around her and moved with the increasing rhythm. Then the drum hit one final deafening beat, and Yada dropped to her knees. The shock as they hit the stone brought her back to her senses. Well, what was left of them anyway? She felt strong as she got to her feet and awaited whatever this stranger brought. Yada knew this rescue was not for her benefit, but she would take anything over the boredom of this prison. The snuffling resumed. It was right outside the cave. Yada could hear the crackle of the electric wall as the animal sniffed along the boundary. The smell of singed hair was overwhelming, but the snuffling continued until another low whistle sounded. There was a squeal and a thundering of hooves as the creature suddenly ran away. Yada held her breath and waited. 
The sounds of the forest had returned, but she heard no whisper-soft footsteps. Whoever was out there was waiting for her to make her move. Yad hesitated, considering her options, if there were any. I guarantee I can outweigh you, said a soft voice from outside the cave. It seemed to come from above, and Yada felt a momentary burning pain where the unseen creature had attacked her before. This couldn't be the same one. Could it? The voice was a whisper through the tree branches, and their laugh was light like bells. Not exactly the same, but similar, the voice laughed. And trust me, sometimes it's better not to see. The voice was as light as ever, but the tone was a warning. The temperature in the cave turned icy cold. Yada shivered at the sudden drop. I don't like waiting. I'm not patient. It's a gift I was never able to cultivate. My interests lay elsewhere. Another laugh. The cave grew even colder. Yada wrapped her arms around herself. She was shivering uncontrollably. Just come out here already, the voice said impatiently. You don't have any other choice. Yada knelt and tried to make herself as small as possible. She tried to think. The cold seeped into her being and slowed her thoughts. There had to be something. In the darkness, a brief flash of silvery blue drew her attention. She moved slowly toward it. Her hands found the cold stone of the cave wall. Three more slashes of light. The stone grew hot suddenly under her fingers. The skin was scorched, but when she tried, she could not pull away. Her skin was a part of the stone now. It stretched painfully if she pulled, but it would not detach. Yada yelped with pain, and it was growing worse. The stone sizzled as more of her skin was absorbed into the wall. The voice outside the cave was shrieking, but Yada couldn't understand the words. She was screaming too loudly to hear anything else, and it didn't stop until her face was pulled into the stone. And that is the end of Chapter 9, book lovers. I hope you're still enjoying Ocean Eyes. Thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate it so, so much. And until next time, keep reading.